Nintendo Power featuring Batman and an explosive special feature. Hi, welcome to the 10th episode of the Playing With Power podcast. Today's issue is January and February of 1990, covering the game Batman. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ben. Hey, you. And special guests from the RPG show, Nick and Brent. Hey, how's it going? What's happening? Very glad to, very glad to have guests here who have actually been on a podcast that I haven't been on. Let's know that we're expanding our uh, sphere of influence by two. Now, now, where are you guys from, out of, out of interest? Um, we are, uh, well, I, I don't, well, East Coast. So we're, you know, East Coast, United States, you know, kind of the middle area, kind of colonial area stuff. Yeah. Like Virginia? So I didn't, I wasn't aware we're still colonizing over there. Yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, Central Virginia for me. That's, that's basically where I'm out of. Okay. We, we currently live in the same place. But whenever somebody asks me, where are you from? It's a difficult question to answer because I'm kind of from everywhere. Oh, okay. Because I grew up as a... <laughs> Army child, so I kind of lived everywhere. I hear that. Yeah, I I, I grew up as a UPS child, so I kind of lived everywhere as well. Okay. Just asked me if I was an army brat growing up, and I'm like, nope, dad worked for UPS. So what's that? Um, is it in Virginia? I think it's in Virginia. It's that old timey town that's made to look like a colonial town. Colonial Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Yeah. Have you been there? Uh. More times than I would ever care to go again. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't gone, but I've been to Bush Gardens, which is near it. Oh, really? I'm, Did you get to churn a, churn a butter or milk a cow yourself? Uh, I made candles. I mean, but when you think about it this way, like it, when you grow up living five minutes from Civil War battlefields, I could care less to see another like Civil <laughs> War era cannon fire. Like I would rather have a root canal performed through my anal cavity, to be completely honest with the both of you. <laughs> yeah. I, went I only, went, I only went there once. <laughs> I went there once as a child. And like they were doing construction on half of the place at the time. So every time we saw a construction vehicle, it was like, oh look, it's a colonial dump truck. <laughs> it kind of ruined the experience a little bit. The facade just quickly faded away. Well, I, like, I like seeing Thomas Jefferson's home with like uh like Victorian era or like yeah Victorian type era air conditioning because it's like oh we had all these vents here to let air in. and I'm like well I guess it's better than nothing but it must have been still pretty freaking hot and humid oh well the humidity doesn't go away like you, you you can have really good air conditioning around here and it's still humid as hell so I mean <laughs> just get used to sweating basically <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get started on the issue. So front cover, as Mike already talked about, is about Batman. And the front cover has, it looks like a photo from the 1989 Batman movie starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And it's got Jack Nicholson dressed up as the, the Joker um, making a smiley face. Yeah. And it's Bat- hard to imagine that he, gave, that he like showed up for, for this. 
So I was like, they must have used it with permission, which I think would make it the first licensed uh, imagery mm-hmm. since it wasn't uh, clearly wasn't done by the uh, studio, right. but like with his permission. Yeah, it was probably the studio. Uh, Unless you ask Nicholson, and he's like, yeah, I showed up there. And <laughs> yeah, right. I wasn't going to talk anymore. I realized, yeah, nope, nope, nope Nick, not good. No. Now, what did you guys think? Now, looking back, you might have some nostalgia that's interfering, but what what was your impression? What What do you think of uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker now? How do you think? Uh, he- I think he did okay. It depends on the Joker, right? Like, if you read a lot of... Uh, comic books there are so many iterations on every character and or villain or whatever you know so it depends on which joker is your favorite joker because uh, uh, he is kind of like a, a very classic type of joker and i think he fits that that space well um whereas most newer portrayals of the joker are very you know sort of 90s era joker like where he's legitimately insane so um i don't know it's it i guess it's your it's like a choose your flavor kind of situation, really. He's the Joker you need, not the Joker you deserve. I don't know. I always felt like it was just sort of Jack Nicholson playing Jack Nicholson dressed up as the Joker, which was I mean, good. It's not <laughs> bad, but it's not like the Joker, you know. I think I think we, I think uh, we can all agree he seems better than the Jared Leto Joker. Oh, no have question. you seen, like Have you read the thing where like apparently? Uh, he like sent everybody like a like a pig corpse or something. Yeah, because apparently that's his version of being the Joker. Like he he should like if you want to be the Joker, like send a live pig, have it run around, and then leave a plate of leave a plate of bacon strips on the center of the table and going like, don't worry, you know, like do that, like be coy, quippy, uh, well, I think you know, playful and puckish. I think Jared Leto's problem is that he's he's playing like. Just a generic psychopath as opposed to the Joker. Yeah, well, it just didn't seem right. And plus, like, why did why would the Joker have silver teeth and shit and all those tattoos? Well, that's like, what a lot of he should be the, caked in makeup and shit. That's what a lot of the uh, Suicide Squad looks like. <laughs> Love to turn this into the uh, comic book power podcast, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean that's a lot of the Suicide Squad looks. Suicide Squad stuff looks watered down to me anyway. Like, how can we apply? Like, uh, how can we have somebody named Harley Quinn? But it's not necessarily Harley Quinn. It's 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 like just your crazy. Yeah, where's the Jingle Bell jumpsuit and the Jester outfit? Like, no, she's got like some cut. She looks she looks like the embodiment of like Miss State Fair, <laughs> like cotton candy hair and uh, like powdered face, and that's it. Uh, everything with DC right now just smacks of them desperately trying to catch up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, oh, shit, they have this whole, like, series of multiple entries. we got to catch up fast. Quick, throw as many people on the screen as possible, you know? Like, oh, yeah, that's you know, a new, new Batman movie. Oh, yeah, throw Superman in there. Oh, who else we can get? Doomsday, Wonder Woman, Lex Luthor. Oh, we're going to have some cameos, too, you know. And that one might be decent. I think with the exception of Gotham, they're like they're currently dominating the TV space. So I don't understand what they're they're so trying so hard for, like why they think they need to rush it. Because they want that movie money. They want that Marvel money. They're yeah. jokes. Well, well, but in typical Hollywood fashion, they want the success without understanding why the previous thing was successful. Right. It's not. It's not enough for them to wait. You know, five years for another Chris Nolan movie. You know. Or something uh, little enough. 
All right. So, so we got Jack Nicholson as like the Scarlet Pimp right here. And uh, then the other things are Super Mario Brothers 3, Shadowgate, Double Dragon Dose, and a double bonus, the World of Nintendo catalog, whatever that means. And something that I think is overkill, but I guess we had to be introduced to the mechanic at the time, the 16-page Tetris tip book. Well, this by our friend Howard Phillips, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tetris, uh, that's four, right? Four times four is 16. I mean, so it's just, you know, there you go. That's, yeah. that's, they get 16 pages from, right? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. A page for each, for the variations of each shape. A whole page. It's a whole picture, just a whole panel. That's spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler territory. Well, on the inside of the cover, we have what seems to be like Frankie Muniz in a spacesuit holding up a Nintendo Power and, uh, some, a little pin saying Team Power on it. Did anybody else used to have a jacket with pockets on the front like that? Because I certainly did. Looks like no, a men's only jacket. Well, I pr- yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely had a members only jacket, so I guess that's it then. Full <laughs> <laughs> epaulets on the shoulders, though, which are hilarious to unbutton frequently. And uh, on the next page, we see uh, Double Dragon and Team Power Tips, and you can be a buddy and send in this thing to get uh, a pin. And uh, anyone want to talk about that before we move on to the Table of Contents? No? All right, Table of Contents. Okay, we've got... uh, Well, I think we're going to cover everything here. Does anyone find anything special in the Table of Contents? Besides the dinosaur in the lower right corner who looks like a uh, a fan art version of Bumblebee. (laughs) Well, that's the whole poster. We'll get to that. (laughs) <laughs> Let's move on to the uh, player's pulse and uh, start with the mailbox. So I'll, I'll go over the first uh, letter here. <laughs> the nose job. Yeah, it says no job, question mark. I can't help but notice something interesting about Mario. Over the past couple of years, his nose has dramatically changed shape. It used to be sharp and droopy in Donkey Kong, but now in Super Mario Bros. 2, it is more rounded and somewhat elevated. Has Mario, like many other successful superstars, had his nose, quote, fixed to improve his appearance jim jackson jackman from st Clair shores uh, michigan and their response was as far as we know jim mario has not undergone cosmetic surgery many famous characters do undergo gradual changes as they get quote older for example compare earlier drawings of disney's mickey mouse with today's version and then they've got some screenshots of mario and from different games oddly enough in the shape of mickey mouse conspiracy <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and uh, like, I'm really kind of surprised that Disney has not bought Nintendo yet. Like, I really mm. feel like that just seems like an obvious choice for them to do. Maybe Nintendo's just not ready to, to for sale yet. They want to wait until they get that Star Wars Episode Eight money and then they can throw Mario in with a lightsaber. And there we go. I don't I don't know if it's money so much because Nintendo has a lot of money in the bank. I think it's more about. They think they can, you know, come back and get another Wii success story going on, you know. And they've got that <laughs> NX thing coming out next year or something. Uh, so, Nick and Brent, did you see anything else in the mailbag that uh, got your attention? Other than, uh, you know, the whole uh, I want to come, I want to come work for you and tell people how to play video games. How do I do that? And they basically tell me, ah, you just have to live near us and look at the newspaper. That's all you really got to do. <laughs> And I love the picture of the uh, game counselor in the center here. He's 
he's married. I can see his wedding ring. So that, that's kind of sad that he's at work playing video games all day. He's got a headset on, and he's got like a polo sweater on with a. And he's got his uh, bleach blonde hair, and it is high and tight, my friends. High and tight, like Iceman from Top Gun. <laughs> you can be my wingman any day. Yeah, sure. I always wonder if that's the kind of person just waiting to answer the phone call, pulling one of those like you know uh, Jake from State Farm type deals. They call another night. It's like, hey. How are you doing today? What do you need help with? Hey, he, he, yeah, you, you think he's your, your buddy with all the small talk, and he's just patting out the bill. Exactly. <laughs> well, that seems to be everything except uh, the video spotlight features a uh, a picture of a young Mo Howard. Really? Am I the only one who knows <laughs> Mo Howard? Yeah, I think so. see that. Probably. Okay, and uh, someone's writing about this. Everybody. Yeah, they're writing about this kid. And they're uh, just letting us know that he uh, was working on a, a Zelda 2 because he only does it on the weekend because he has responsibilities and he, do- and he meets them. And his younger brother pushed the wrong button and the rest is history. Marty was reluctant to start again, but within one day had zoomed back to where he was. After one phone call to your counselors, he won the game. Then he wanted to see how fast he could win it again. 42 minutes later, he did it. And the amazing thing about him is that he enjoys teaching other kids on the block. Our house usually has at any given time a dozen or so neighborhood boys in it. They take turns and encourage one another. Marty is even patient with the little ones, telling them to keep going and good job. You know, he seems like the like the uh, more successful and promising version of Mark Driscoll. Or Discordia. Well, the one thing I would like to add is... Is his as as a person that grew up with siblings that that fucking brother didn't press the wrong button by accident. He was like, ha, 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 "You're playing reset." Well, they know. That's they, like reset. They That's know. Like, you have to go in and erase it. I mean, there's no other way. You have to go in there and physically erase. Well, yeah, he has to be. He so, has to be on point. Like he, he was a vindictive little crap. Is what he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, she says before? the wrong button because she doesn't understand. Maybe the brother knew how to erase a profile. I, I mean, uh, I'm an only child, so I didn't grow up with brothers or sisters, but I did uh, accidentally erase my own video game once. Um, so I had X-Wing for uh, PC, and it came on those uh, 3.5 3. you know, mini-discs. And um, so my dad was very concerned about the amount of disk space this game was taking up and whatnot. And he's like, okay, make sure to delete when you're done, right? So I accidentally deleted the game off of the floppy disks instead of the hard drive. <laughs> so I could never <laughs> Oh, it. damn. I was like, oops. Uh, Mike, you missed out on the letter where the where somebody asked them about a scoop. Um, so this guy writes in, I recently read about Super Mario Bros. 3 and the Japanese Super Famicom in a competing magazine. I want to know why these things haven't been in Nintendo Power yet. Were you scooped on your own stuff? So they give him a response being basically like, oh, we're still hashing it out. Like, it's not set in stone. We'll tell you when it's ready kind of thing. And I'm just being like, if I, you know. This was their big reveal that the Super Nintendo's coming. This is the first well, time they talked about the Super NES. <laughs> and they got scooped out by somebody else because they didn't bother to put it in a preview. Uh, and, and they printed it. Like, they could have just kept it under wraps and just been like, shh, shh, shh. But no, 
Well, no, I think I think the purpose was to say, hey, no, we're only going to talk about uh, stuff for like North American release because we don't want to confuse people by talking about the N- Nintendo Entertainment System and the Famicom, like, and then confuse all the eleven-year-olds to get their grandparents to try and buy both of them. So, like, I think this is like a like a PR move, like, yeah, 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 somebody else got us, but uh, just going forward. Just to cover every other time this happens, we're just going to talk about the North American stuff. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, got it. <laughs> it's funny because they talk about Super Mario Bros. 3 in this issue. I know. Right. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we got to keep the, the American audience uh, up to speed, but like not, not overload them. I mean, it took us five issues to, uh, to usher in like how what an RPG is. Like We had to spoon feed it just bit by bit and just reinforce and repetition. And yeah, so, you, you know. Even that kind of odd because they talked about the uh, Japanese release of Dragon Quest several issues ago. Yeah, they were talking about Dragon Quest three before they even talked about Dragon Warrior. Right. The one thing I love about this exchange is how the explanation of what an RPG is gets an issue longer with each episode of this podcast that comes out. So Star Wars took <laughs> two episodes to explain what an RPG is. Now we're up to five issues yeah. to explain what an RPG is. <laughs> I'm trying to keep track. Never ends. <laughs> All right, before we move on. Nintendo does this stuff still to this day, though. Like Anytime there's like some information people want from something that's in Japan, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're, just, we're not going to talk about it. Right. So are we done with the mailbox? Uh, what do you talk about our friend Jeff Gilkey here down here, the power player profile? He's a true player. He, oh, just yeah. looks, he looks like Marky Mark with a weak mustache. I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, why does he have that, that anti-Hitler mustache? Boom, no, boom, he looks like your aphrodisiac to me. I mean, I'm looking at three million points in Mega Man. I don't know. I don't know how you guys contain yourself. <laughs> like, I'm super. I'm just super excited right now about this Jeff Gilkey character. Points mattered. Yeah, yeah. man. I'm talking, but see, I read th- when I read this whole thing. Like, I forgot how people used to assume every video game was like a puzzle. So, like, I solved Super Mario Brothers too. Like, how do you solve Super Mario Brothers too? Solve that was. A- He's got, he's got like a he's got a he's got a bill he's got a a billboard with like pins and red string connecting it all and he's he's got like a big question mark in the middle going is it a dream? Well, it's it's like a, it's like a silhouette of a mushroom with a question mark on it. Like <laughs> <laughs> the murderer was Mario all along. Lock him up, boys. Okay, next. Yeah. Mario next shows, he's like, God damn it. In, uh, his best tip is in Dragon Warrior, be patient and raise your levels. Yeah, no shit. You figured that out the first time you crossed the bridge and, and a friggin' skeleton guy and a werewolf comes along and just rips you. Yeah, we figured that out. But, you know, thanks for the hot tip. I didn't realize, like, grinding is such a universally, like, Japanese thing. Well, it's just like one of those things that you just intuitively do, like, oh shit, something's stronger than me. I should probably get stronger before I fight this thing. So I don't, I don't understand why they published this at all. Five issues, five issues to explain an RPG. All right, let's let's get it through our heads. They, didn't, they don't, they I, don't have the same game you got, man. They don't have it's it. The like first RPG according to uh, Nintendo Power, basically. You need to understand this isn't like an action game. It's different. <laughs> now you may have missed the last cut five issues, but you can backorder those, and we'll, we'll, we'll let you in. We'll let you in on it. Well, to put this in perspective, like I when I lived overseas when I had this magazine, and I wasn't even aware that the PlayStation had launched until I moved back to the United States. Like I didn't know what it was. 
because they never mentioned like their competition or anything other than what they present to you. That's it? what a good magazine does. So what the Chinese Communist Party does. <laughs> <laughs> all right, should we move on to Batman? Yeah, all right, we got Batman. A madman has taken over Gotham City, and only one soul has the power, the will, and the means to stop him. Batman. You know what? You know who would have the means to stop him besides one man? If Bruce Wayne actually funded the police with all of his training and gizmos and shit, so that he's not the only one, so that it doesn't just die with him. You know, try We established the police force is corrupt. Don't ruin my Batman. Just move on. I mean, it could be just him, Gordon, and he's just like, all right, you vet these guys, make sure they're honest, and then we bring them on, and then you have a bat squad. I mean, I'm come on. And those guys aren't entirely competent. Well, okay, so I've only, uh, I don't have much to say here about the game since, you know, Batman, again, like, he looks pimping because he's all purple from head to toe. And uh, there's a, a section here for stage one and two called Duck and Dirk. Where you stay alone, use the wide shot of the Dirk to take down this flying fiend. Now, as far as I know, a Dirk is supposed to be like a small dagger. And the idea of Batman throwing daggers instead of like batterings just seems a little, you know, lethal. But he's got a gun in this, don't forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. talked about before. It's like, um. In, in the Dawn of Justice movie, it looks like when uh, he's standing with Superman and Wonder Woman, it looks like he's holding a shotgun. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I have, it's been a while since I've seen the trailer, but it could be like, I think at one point there might, it might be like a, like a Krypton thing, like, uh, like a uh, <laughs> Kryptonite shotgun. The, like, I think so. Like it's supposed to be like a Kryptonite dart gun. I think mm. it may be, I, I don't know. I'm not going to try and feign. In, I thought uh, Kryptonite didn't exist in this, uh, universe. Like it was just like the air of his planet that like, uh, r- r- ranks him, makes him regular. It's a kryptonite I don't know. gun. I don't know. I like I like Man of Steel, but replacing kryptonite was a bit of a sketchy move to me. I don't know. I don't really. I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend. Let's. Uh, <laughs> but um, this game is actually. Uh, ha- have you guys played this game? Yeah, I mean, not a tons, but I did for 20 minutes or so. It's pretty decent. It's 20 minutes yeah. more than I did. It's a it's a solid platformer. Um, it it does take a minute to get used to Batman being purple, but I think um. Ben said in a previous show that it is if he was black on a lot of these levels instead of it would you know you really wouldn't be able to see where he's at so I think it does really well to kind of because nothing's more frustrating in a game especially these older games where you when you can't tell where your character is because it blends in with everything behind it so yeah he's purple and he's like uh bat pimp but that's that's cool with me like I mean because I can I can tell where he is yeah, the only thing they could have done differently is either done it blue or made him like white or had a white outline or something. He's Arctic he's Arctic adventure Batman. Yeah. I mean I don't know. No, just change just change the background so it's not black. You know, so that his blue or black suit would stand out and like make it gray so that like he looks like a shadow in the night. Mm. Uh, but right. missed opportunity, so you guys will have to uh carry us through this since I have little experience with it. Well, I mean, it's just it's like this is basically just walking you through the the first couple stages, which are pretty self-explanatory. Um, like you get you do have a like a like a double wall jump kind of thing, like you would in um, like Ninja Gaiden and uh, what's the other it was like Strider is the one I'm thinking of, where you can like grab the wall and jump again. Right, yeah, Ninja Ninja Gaiden had the wall grab too. 
I think. So, uh, it's just a lot of that. Um, there are some man. interesting, like, small mini-bosses in here. There's one that says, The Electrocutioner, which is an awesome name, by the way, is the strongest warrior on Earth. Yeah, that, that's, that's bullshit. But I don't remember him from the movie. If uh, you ever played Arkham uh, Origins, he's, like, supposed to be this big threatening guy, and <laughs> you never actually fight him. Like, as soon as you show up, you, like, immediately, like, just punch him in the face and knock him out. Oh, so it's like the equivalent of the Honky Tonk Man? Yeah, and then uh, when you get ready to fight him the second time, uh, Bane or Joker just fucking pushes him down uh, a massive chasm, and then he, like, lands in a chandelier, gets impaled, and, like, just dies. And then you get his gloves. So it's, like, all set up, no delivery. That's a shame. And he was also... couldn't afford to pay his voice actor or something. He was in uh, Gotham. They did a good take on him as like this uh, old mob enforcer who was really good with electricity. And uh, he ends up electrocuting the entire station. But uh, Jim listened to uh, Edward Nigma's advice and wore his rubbers. Lovely. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yes, this condom saved my life. No, it was the boots. Okay. And uh, should we move uh, on to Shadowgate? <laughs> well, I like I like the scene where it shows like Batman uh, shredding apart the gate with the machine gun, where he breaks into Axis chemicals, and it's like for a guy who practices non-lethality, you think you would have like some sort of sonar to make sure that no one's standing behind that door having a cigarette or moving some crates, because you're just shredding it with machine gun fire. Well, or, um, you know, hostages. <laughs> it, it's not a crime if I don't kill him on purpose. If it doesn't happen on screen, it didn't happen. <laughs> and uh note quick note about the uh stage two is your obligatory uh the platforms move level where uh they're basically conveyor belts through the whole thing where it's like uh, if you're not paying attention we're just going to drop you off and nowhere i always hate those levels so but yeah uh, i love the uh the, i love like the, the concept in stage two three where it says recharge the bombs of drop claw become items when punched so punch a bomb and that's good advice in this game. Try it out so, in real life, Billy. <laughs> I lose more Billies that way. So oh, Shadowgate nice. is the next game. It looks like a very nice game, but damn, I hate these these games that have like uh, a ton of commands when I could just click the A button. Do it. <laughs> oh, that was You hate that, but then you love Dragon Warrior, which is the same thing. They well, <laughs> I liked it in spite of it, not because of it. I see. Well, um, that was one of the big innovations when you talk about um, Dragon Warrior and sort of like the first Final Fantasy, like the first JRPGs, because they had to take this PC style of RPGs and figure out how to make it work on a controller with one, two, eight buttons, right? So um, I I actually am with you where most games like this, where you have a ton of buttons and a ton of options, I totally, uh, it can be overwhelming, but Shadowgate's so much fun, guys. Like, it's awesome. Well, I'll have to uh, get to it. If we, I, I had an idea if we get a Patreon that I'm going to start a new show called The Taste Test, where I take every single NES game, play it for a week, and then do a little micro, do a little mini review on it. Oh, that sounds terrible, bro. Like, not the show, but the idea of playing every NES game. Like, it's, a, it's a guaranteed 826 episodes. 
I don't see what the problem like is. Day like number one, Master's Quest. No, we're doing. It'll either be in alphabetical order. No, the sponsor should pick which terrible game you have to play. Well, that's if we get more on the Patreon. Okay, this is like a bare bones. Like we no, get enough we, for another feed. There we go. This is like a, a marathon. You know, you need to get uh, sponsored. Some people need to. <laughs> that's how you get people to do it. <laughs> I will force them to play the worst <laughs> games ever. It's my own abject suffering. <laughs> you may have a guaranteed eight hundred some episodes, but like that's a guaranteed four hundred and twenty five aneurysms. If you ask, <laughs> like I would avoid that. Oh. Like the- I know some of them are going to be like five minute long episodes. Wouldn't play. Kept blinking, or I wish it did because this gameplay was friggin' horrible. <laughs> oh, man, Bigfoot. Oh man, I would love to play Bigfoot again. The game is ah. Uh, Something special like Bugs Bunny's birthday blowout. We play that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> not really. That's not a bad yeah. game, actually. That, that got me sucked in, and I was like 45 minutes into playing it, and I'm like, why am I playing this game still? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not awful. It's just me. boring. Or like it, it's 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 so me. It's so middle of the road. You won't yeah. be like engaged with it, but you won't be bored either. It's just like that perfect beige. Sure, but basically, uh, what. Like back to the magazine here. Basically, what this this is just like walking you through because Shadowgate in, in whole you could probably beat it in like a morning or like half a day at most. But uh, there are a lot of things I'll admit that aren't very intuitive about it. So without something like this, like most people really sucked at it because I had the way I got it was a friend was telling me he had this game and he didn't even know what to do. Like because you load up right in front of the front door, and, like you're at a door and you don't know what to do. So what you end up having to do is you have to like click open and then not open the door, but there's like a little cornerstone at the top of the door that's shaped like a skull. You open that and there's a key behind it. Then you have to use the key on the door. And this motherfucker said he spent like four hours trying to figure out how to get through the front door of the castle. (laughs) And there's a lot of stuff like this in this game because it's typical uh, like adventure game kind of stuff. Not very intuitive. Yeah. So it's kind of like a point and click adventure game then. Is this an RPG? Um, it, it is, it, it, think, think along the lines of, uh, there is no combat, so it is close to point and click adventure, but, um, I think the idea was it's supposed to, it's swords and sorcery, so it's supposed to be reminiscent of PC RPGs like, you know, say Ultima or Wizardry or stuff like that, um, where right. you get a front person view sort of screen by screen by screen as you go through it. So it's kind of like a slower version of Dragon's Lair. Um, pretty much from a first person, from a first person perspective. So, um, but yeah, this basically walks you through like quite a bit of it. Um, the music in the game is great. A lot of the visuals are amazing. Like, uh, it's very easy to like get your character killed too. So, I mean, there's just a lot of, uh, and a lot of the puzzles are really cool because, um, I remember once I found out what I'm supposed to do, I'm like, oh, that's really nifty. Like there's a point where you open a coffin and a muff, like a mummy falls out. And you have to burn it with the torch, and then it has like a scepter inside, and like stuff like that. And it's uh, like there's a lot of ones like there's a, you run into a sphinx, and you have to answer a, a riddle, and like there's a bunch of cool stuff like that in this game. Hmm. All I had to comment on was the artwork um, for the page that says "Take Key Two from Book." It looks like the poor guy is phased into the wall because of the uh, the artwork. Kinda, I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. And then they talk about uh, you have to burn a mummy. 
Yeah, you burn the mummy like there's like a little corridor with a dragon, which you have to do like very specific things to get all the the loot out of the room before the dragon burns you to bits. Um, like the most important thing is you have to keep um, a torch lit, right? So um, as you progress through screens, like your torch only has so many screens you can go through before it starts to fade out, and the music gets faster the dimmer the torch gets, and if the torch ever goes out without you refreshing it. Um, you die. Really? So, you can't just go blind go, or going off maps? No, 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 no. Because some like stuff comes out of the dark and kills you. Oh. So is there a save system in this or is it password system? I think you have like three slots um, on the cart. So essentially um, you have like one, two, three that just kind of saves your progress from wherever you, you leave off. I don't think you actively save. I think it's just wherever you left off. I want to say it's been a um, while so, since I've not, you know, save state. So, Oh yeah. So I was just thinking like, if you wanted to like do something in this game, but you know, we've got work to do. Like, do you just like, like Zelda, like kill yourself and that's how it saves or. No, you don't kill yourself. You don't want to do that. Okay, because like in Zelda, that seemed to be like the only way in the Legend of Zelda game for me to save. I was like, no, you just die, and then you'll start off at the beginning, and then like that'll save it to the battery or whatever. Anything else about Shadowgate? No, I think I've ran off enough about Shadowgate. I just get super excited anytime I get to play Shadowgate. <laughs> they, had, they had a remake for it recently come out for the PC with updated graphics and stuff. Everybody nice. should pick. It's really cool. <clears throat> so next up, I've got a feature talking about the making of Super Mario Brothers 3. And they go through a behind-the-scenes look um, where they took basically took a trip to Japan to look at the team and see how they are working on the, creating the game. So they got uh, some interesting um, bio about um, Shigeru Miyamoto, and there's a picture of him making drawings. Uh, so you can see some of the sketches of characters from Super Mario Brothers 3. And they talk about why they uh, settled on uh, Mario getting a raccoon tail. And uh, one, of the, one of the interesting things in here was um, one of the first concepts they had for a power-up for Mario was for him to be a centaur. So half, half Mario, half horse. And wow. <laughs> they passed on that for what reason. And so they ended up with the raccoon tail instead. And um, I guess they spent a lot of time working on the art for the um, Bowser's kids. Yeah, they acknowledge them here as his children, even though later on they would retcon that and say that they're just like, uh, you know, like adolescent, uh, I don't know, soldiers or Koopas or I don't know what species they are if they're not his kids, but <laughs> like with Bowser Jr., he has his own kid. Mm-hmm. So now, all, all, these are all the stepchildren that he's now ignoring. Oh, I see. I, would, I mean, maybe it's not literal children. Maybe they're like, you know, ah, these are my children. His maybe. protege. Yeah. I would like comment on this uh, parent There's workflow they have coming on there, which is which is really interesting. And the programming segment, it looks like, um, if I'm reading what they're telling me here correctly, they essentially have grid paper and they color out the the sprites in the in the grid paper. That way, when they can get to the person to enter it in the computer, they're just entering it directly from the artist's like piece of paper. And then the, it also looks like they're doing the same thing for level design, where they have the blocks on the grid paper, and they're essentially filling out the grid paper, and they send it to the guy working in front of the computer that just kind of plugs it in and moves on to the next sheet of paper. That's a really strange workflow, but I, I guess it makes sense back then. 
Also, Shigeru Miyamoto looks super young in that photo. I'm used to seeing him as a Yoda-like old man figure, and <laughs> it looks like he's 16. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's good to see how the graphics are done, and like letting you know that like the reason that the NES can function is because what it operates and thinks as is numbers, but then they have to program these numbers to represent uh, these pixels and blocks in like character banks. So this is a very, uh, very good article to get in all the guts and the details of how games are made. Well, they were made back then for sure. Yeah. It's also got some photos of, um, Koji Kondo doing the music for uh, super Mario brothers three. And he looks super young. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh. He's in the, and he's in this photo is in this photo right now, teaching us all how to do the Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he didn't make that music. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, the, he, not from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, did he? I oh. have to look. But uh, one thing interesting about um, the designer profile on Shigeru Miyamoto is they say Miyamoto's visited the United States three times and says he has seen a lot of originality in this country, especially in the area of music. So it says he took his whole team to Disney World, San Francisco, and New York City in search of inspiration. Um, but I guess he plays music a lot, and he likes to listen to music and play bluegrass. So he collects mu- musical instruments, owns two guitars, a banjo, and a mandolin, among, mandolin, among others. So I can imagine, I can imagine now, because this is back in 1990, what kind of collection he has now if he's stuck with the music uh, collection. And I'm pretty sure over there they call it Buru Karasu. But, you know. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and in this, in this article, they talk about like amazing upcoming games for the Super Famicom, like Super Mario Brothers 4 and Zelda 3, which we know they don't get called that. And sadly, the next part, it says he is working with Shigesati Itoi, a, another famous Japanese copywriter on a role-playing game set in modern times. Now we know, I think Nick and Brent at least know what game we're about to t- we're about to mention, and sadly it does not come to pass because just like the third game in the series, it just came at the very end cycle of the uh, console and wasn't worth the uh, translation effort. But uh, we know that he's talking about Mother for the NES. Okay. Earthbound. Earthbound Zero. Yeah, but, uh, uh, Earthbound, as we know it, I, I believe is Mother 2. Yep. Oh, Frank, that was a good game. God damn it, so, that was awesome. Um, yep, yeah, uh, yeah. That's yep. basically, I mean, uh, if this was actually a cool article to read. I always enjoy uh, reading and uh, finding out, out of the processes and making a lot of these old games because it's, it's sort of a thing that's lost now um with all the technology we have and like the process is very different the challenges are different so i don't know this kind of stuff is cool to me oh yeah seeing how they were able to do it on those machines like you see all the stuff that people make now and it's like you you look at stuff that people can put on youtube and they can have like them riding a cgi dinosaur and all with adobe after effects and it's it looks like i did this in a weekend it's like yeah, well, let's take, these guys are taking like weeks and months to do it, and it's great to see the challenges they face and how they overcame them. It well, definitely seems yeah, like it was more of a passionate thing than it is now. Oh yeah, all the time spent on it just to get like the smallest amount of progress done on it. You had to, you had to love what you do. Well, part of this makes it difficult to make games earlier on 
was even uh, Miyamoto says, understanding assembly language inside and out is essential for game programming. I seriously doubt that's the case today. I'm sure you can just get Unity up and running and figure out how to do, use their tool set, you know, for example, and know yeah, th- much better, you know, coding languages than, than assembly language. But, uh, well, I, yeah, I would say it's, it's more, it was more integral for the designer to understand the <sighs> and assembly languages back then than it is now. So, like, in a design level, the, you're concerned less with, uh, say, the, uh, the practicality and how it works like that's for another team entirely like you're there to come up with something new um for people to do uh in a in sort of in a world where most everything can be accomplished so um back then it was like well i i can't design this grand sweeping thing if my guys can't execute it so i need to know how they're going to execute what i want done in order to to develop a game properly. So, I mean, it's just, it's just the steps are separated due to the technology and how, what, what processing power is there. Now it's more like how many, like how good can we make it look is that person has more to do with the technical aspects of the system that is being programmed for than say the, like the, the, the guy who's deciding what the game actually plays like. Fair enough. Uh, I also yep. found it interesting that it says super Mario brothers three's dev team, was ten people over two years, and they t- they basically talk about that like it's a lot of people in a long time. <laughs> and I'm just like thinking about games today where they have hundreds of people across the world over multiple multiple years, you know, building AAA games. This is like nothing, you know. I know. This is a, this uh, is an indie shop now. Yeah. Well, uh, that takes us to Willow. Uh, we get to play more or get to see more of this game being unfolded. And uh, I noticed, like, we see uh, some of Willow's magic items and weapons. And one thing that makes me laugh is one of the spells called Renew, because the description is a spell of mysterious quality. Really, I'm pretty sure it would renew you. And... That's the thing that they did all back then, though. Like, they give you, like, here's this item, like, uh, but we're not going to tell you what it is or how it works. Good luck. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's not fun. But, uh, cool little thing about Willow here, uh, it is, it's actually a really good, because, you know, when you talk about old console games, like licensed properties like this, like, they were either, you know, okay, pretty decent, or utter garbage. Willow isn't actually a, a really good, RPG, um, especially one that's based on a licensed property. As weird as that movie was, um, the game actually it actually translates pretty well to a little neat little NES RPG. One of the, you know, there's I, a limited yeah, well, on the console for. It. That's because if you want to see a console hand a, a, a license handled properly, you give it to something like Capcom, not something that's like three stupid initials that start with L and end with N. <laughs> well, uh, X Men, we're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Rabbit, we're looking at you. Beetlejuice, we're looking at you. Oh man, don't make fun back, of the Beetlejuice back, game. I have loads of fun with the Beetlejuice game. Back, back to the Future, we're looking at you. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, does anyone want to take us through Willow since I haven't got to play the game yet? Uh, it has been a long time since I've played this one. I, I uh, It is also one I used to own. It was very sort of... Um, these maps are cool. It makes me wish I had 
this issue of Nintendo Power when I played the game a long time ago. Because looking at some of these maps, I realized how uh, maze-like some of the dungeons were. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at some of these. like They say maze-like interior, and I'm looking at it. It's just like, this was a copy-paste nightmare. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely it's a lot of repeated resources. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it's a sin. I don't know how much you get because I know it's appeared in previous issues for you guys. So I don't know how much you guys have already talked about it. So I don't want to like retread sort of what you've already discussed. But there wasn't a whole lot for us to discuss because we hadn't played it that much. I mean, it's basically taking us through the entire game as a guide um, and getting more in depth than the movie did, basically. But it, it follows it pretty closely. It looks it looks good. There's just not much else I can say about it. Yeah, I like seeing the items here, like the powder of unrequited love, the Kaiser sword, and the best thing is the wonder sword. And looking at this uh, thing with a long blade in the middle and three point and a point on each side, I just have to say, I think Raphael lost this. Oh uh, well, that's that's a bird, like for the handle. Like if you look at it, like the beak goes out into the blade, and then it's like, with the wings pointing forward to make it look like a saw. No, it, they're backwards. Like that's the handle that's next to. No, I think you're looking at different things. Yeah, because I'm looking at something that has like three points facing in the same he's direction. On, he's on page 28, looking at the wonder sword. Yeah, I'm. I'm on the. I'm still on the the wing sword. My bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's got three pointy things too. Whatever, dog. Yeah, yeah I think and, it. <laughs> and Daniel Stern narrates it. I think it is a sigh, though. Straight up. Lend me your sword and I'll sing you a sword. Well, when they give him a sword in the movie, like it's like I'm a dagger. And at the throne, they cornered you. <laughs> well, I think we're done with Willow. Yeah. Okay, so uh, take us on to Double Dragon 2 The Revenge. That was last, a game. Yep. Last time, Billy and Jimmy were on opposite sides in a struggle over the lovely Marion. Yeah, because that was a great game. You team up with your buddy, and then at the end, you fight over her, <laughs> which was which was a great concept for a video game. Like, okay, now you two have been together through thick and thin. Now one of you will survive. And then it turns out it's not even worth it because when this game starts, Mar- Marion has been gunned down by the Black Shadow Warriors. A mysterious group of thugs and hired guns that run most of the organized crime activities in New York. Billy and Jimmy have set aside their differences in a quest for vengeance. So, uh, like an any experience? Special for uh, bros before hoes. <laughs> like, Alright, so... <laughs> I remember loving Dragon's Quest. Uh, not Dragon's Quest. Dra- Double Dragon. Like, the first Double Dragon's really fun. The movie is not... Um, now, what I like the movie. All right, there was a movie. Me, oh, the movie is so bad. It's good. It's so bad. It's good. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely one of those. Oh, like, what's the guy that gets all pumped up on the juice and gets all big? A bobo. Oh yeah, no, that guy's hilarious. That guy's the best part of the movie. A bobo. A bobo. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm looking but, at yeah, I'm looking at the moves here, like the punch kick and the hair pull kick. The description here is solid gold. Stun him with a punch or kick and then polish his teeth with your knee. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't remember. This one isn't nearly as fun as the first one for some reason. Oh, I know it's, oh, it's not. This one is simultaneous. The first one is not. You can't do co-op in the first one, can you, on the NES? 
What? I, I know that there was one game where you two fight each other. Like you go through the whole game cooperating together, thick and thin, and then at the end it's like, okay, well, you two are the last one standing. Fight. I mean, yeah, I mean, co-op's good if you have friends to play with, but who has that? Yeah, this is kid. Yeah, these are gamers in the eighties. Okay, we have to, you have to, you have to realize what we're dealing with here. You have to know your audience. One of the best games for the Nintendo. This is one of my favorites, anyways. This is awesome. This game was awesome. It's so fun. The music's awesome. And if and if you can play co-op, which I recommend for this game, then, <laughs> then it'll be pretty fun. <laughs> The first one, like this one's still sitting at a solid one out of five on Metacritic, bro. Oh, whatever. Really? What are you talking about? <laughs> I like the uh, like it mentions the jump kick, the spinning cyclone, the shoulder throw. <laughs> the funniest thing is use enemy weapons, knock her down, and then pick up her weapon and give her some of her own medicine. So you got you got to give this game props for gender equality. It's like. It's 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 like Deadpool. Would it be sexist to hit you, or would it be more sexist to not hit you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can ask Nick. He's seen me play fighting games. They're not my forte, so I probably shouldn't judge. And, yeah, he's uh, really not good at him. Though this is technically not not really as much of a fighting game at the time. It's just like it's beat 'em up. Beat 'em ups in fighting games are kind of two different categories. But I want to go on a rant about that. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it's a beat 'em up. It's a side scrolling beat 'em up. Like, uh, yeah, there's missions and guys. You beat up the guys and you move on. Uh, one thing of note was mission four, the undersea base. Uh, tip number six, where it says walk softly and carry a good left hook. Just the way the guy's hunched over, it looks like he's grabbing him by the berries and squeezing. <laughs> That's a surefire way to get somebody down. So you know, I support that attack. <laughs> I endorse the neutering. If you want to like be enraged to the point where you want to break the the game, by the way, take a look at hint number seven in mission four. So when you when you beat a bobo and you go through the door, it spawns you immediately on this treadmill that will knock you off of a uh, ledge and you will die immediately. So as soon as you enter this door, taste a new screen, you have to like run down so that you don't fall off the edge, basically. <laughs> And if you're, if you haven't played the game before, and this is like the first time you're going through, you're just like, oh, what's happening? Oh, and I'm dead. And uh, tip number four says, whatever you do, don't look up. And it's got these uh, these dropping spikes on arms, which look like they got lifted from a Mega Man game. They look like they were lifted from straight from Contra, actually. And uh, I think that's everything for uh, for I the mean, game. Although it's or with the the Double Dragon game previously is. Uh, Doing any kind of platforming with this is uh, extremely frustrating because you have to mash both A and B at the same time. So when you're going across the water, for example, in Mission 5, that is, uh, and you have to make st- distinct jumps. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the perfect jumps are great. <laughs> the next game is Super Spike V-Ball, which... It seems like, you know, the Super Nintendo hasn't come out yet, and we're getting games with Super that aren't Mario. I don't know. It seems like they're jumping the gun here, but it's a sports game, so I'll let you handle it and take me on to the next one. Well, one thing that I found cool about reading this article is that Billy and Jimmy from Double Dragon are actually in this game and playable. What? See right there on page 37. Oh, yeah. Defensive tough guys. Defensive. They're street toughs. That's right. Um, and so there's different players you can pick for this volleyball game, and they have these interesting uh, profile pictures. 
Like you've got uh, well-rounded George and Murphy are the best all-around players. And it's a guy like showing his guns. Um, you have strong spikers. Al and John make up for their lack of finesse with powerful spikes. And it just looks like the Terminator with his glasses on. <laughs> then you have Your volleyball. Give it to me now. <laughs> you have speed and grace. Ed and Michael are fast and can get to the ball no matter where it's at. So, there you go. And there's a guy just giving a thumbs up, basically, and smiling. And uh, the next game covered is Clash at Demon Head, which uh, I only heard about as uh, the rock group in Scott Pilgrim. Had no idea. I thought that I thought that their name was a take on the Clash, but I was wrong. And now we see this uh, this strange artwork, which again the previous artwork we saw for this was like some blonde guy, and now we have a brown haired guy, except he's now Stallone with a mullet and a re- and a uh, and a red headband. So now he's full on first blood. It's and he still doesn't look like the anime dude in the cutscene. This is yeah. Sergeant Billy Big Bang Blitz of Saber, okay? That's a porn name. And? <laughs> and the best part is like the uh, – like they call him Bang later on in the game. But we just established here his name is Billy Blitz. So if – like – With a name like Billy Blitz, you don't really need a side like – No. A, that's another name. <laughs> no, a nickname is redundant when your name is fucking Billy Sergeant Billy Blitz. Like Sergeant Blitz. That makes you a Street Fighter character right off the bat. All right, hold on. All right, so Saber is an acronym that I would really like to – it is Special <laughs> Assault Brigade for Real Emergencies. <laughs> I want to work for Sab Free that's, <laughs> with fake emergencies. That's what I want to work for. Special assault brigade for uh, not that much of emergencies. <laughs> it's like a friggin' dead cat that got ran over. I mean, like, come on, it's like sad, but it's not an emergency. Like, we don't have to. I mean, come on. Like, what do you want me to do? Get a shovel? I mean, come on. Saba did, you know, special assault brigade for bikini emergencies. That's the one. Damn right. This naked woman needs a bikini. I, I yeah. Well, hold on. We need to uh, verify that she did in fact need a bikini. Let's get the camera crew in here, okay? And yep, she she was naked. She needed a bikini. All right, there. All right, let's get the bikini. Oh, we're fresh out of bikinis. Sorry, Frank. I've got some <laughs> duct tape. <laughs> oh, it's clear. It's box tape. My I got, I got some quick drying chocolate. We can make that. We can make one out of it. <laughs> okay, the freaking game. Uh, so is it's it like one of these. Game? It's a weird game where it's like all all these routes, and uh, I I tried looking at the map, and the map seems to start at route two. There is no route one. Route one is in your mind. <laughs> route one is a lie. You have to spin the top, and you will find route one. I like the uh, weapons. So it says, here are some of the weapons and devices available to buy at the super shop. Buy as many as you can. And uh, some of these just sound like uh, illegal drugs. So they have the crystalline barrier, the uh, the rolling star, the powerball, and the thundershot. So <laughs> that's where I thought. I was like, hmm, is this guy buying a power-up or is he just going for an eight ball and they call it? Whatever their product is. <laughs> well, you know, what, I think everything in this world has a badass, just over-the-top name. So it's just you got to go with it. 
like Rowdy or Facia the Fairy or uh, what gets me is that uh, uh, for Route 35, it says you must rescue Professor Plum. And to me, I have to say, why bother? Because we all know later on he's going to kill Mr. Body in the observatory with the lead pipe. Really? Nobody played Clue? All right. No, that's where I, I played the hell out of Clue. Oh, it was so funny that you were all it. it was so funny you were all struck with a silent laugh. <laughs> it's like it was that high pitched laugh only dogs could hear. Trust me, we were laughing. <laughs> Alright, so on page forty we talk about the forces of the hermit, and it's got this uh weird dude with a giant beard, kinda like uh Santa Claus's balding brother. And says, <laughs> I found out the hermit is the master of five forces that are kind of like psychic psychic powers. He also has healing abilities and can give extra boxes for my life meter. So that's weird. You go to an old dude to get more life. <laughs> I know. You think if he had all this extra life on hand, he'd be giving it to himself so he gets his hair back. I know, right? Well, the first thing he teaches you is the uh, micro power. It requires 50 force, but it helps you get into some small places, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Luke doesn't exist in this using game, so you just micro- got to shrink. It just says, he has a quote right here, using the micro power, I can go in. Uh, here's a passage. It's a tight squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This game actually doesn't look that bad as far as playing it. I have to, I, no, I have to try it this. Looks, it looks very playable. And you it's, get the sword of Apollo. And with this, then you can challenge Rocky. Oh, so that's where... Man, the, I am just failing today. That's where the uh, cover comes in. There you go. Ba, 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 da, ba. Let's move on to River City Ransom. Yeah. And oh, uh, this, yeah. Now, this is a fun little uh, scrolling beat-em-up game. Uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's really weird in the sprites. It's super silly. Even... I would say more so than the last game we just we just talked about. Like this game, it's just weird. But uh, you just run around, just walking around neighborhoods, just punch people in the face, like fuck you, and just take your shit and move <laughs> on. Like I don't know, it's great. I the problem it. is the whole town's full of assholes, and you got to get your girl back. So. I know everyone in here, even the good guys, are all douche bros, and uh, they all have no neck. <laughs> you don't need a neck when you got that much body muscle and shit. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, our, 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 our favorites, yeah, our favorite street smart sushi swelling street shitting douche bros are uh, still at it. And uh, what gets me is that like you can uh, get permanent stat boosts with items and experience. So I think that uh, they may have skipped the gun with Dragon Warrior, and this is the RPG we've been hearing about for the last six issues. Yeah, I mean it's it's got some RPG elements to it, and we talked about how you can. Uh, Go into stores, and you can basically buy your way to uh, leveling up because you get money from defeating enemies. So there's <laughs> definitely some grinding in here, I'm sure. Just like a gym. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, you get you you got to eat properly and get the right stats from food, and you buy books to learn shit. And it's it's you know it's it's very it's got a lot of little RPG elements in it. Uh, but like I was saying pre-show, uh, there are a ton of ROM inappropriate ROM hacks for this game. So all the uh, weird folk out there in a uh, Potosphere land, yeah, just go go experiment with that. Let me know how it works out for you. <laughs> oh yeah, we get to see uh, the steps he does, and uh, what gets me is fatal steps, 
where it doesn't look like he's actually doing anything, but the guy who's facing away from him looks like he just got struck with the shits. Yo, the death animation, like the hit animations in this game are my favorite. Cause they, ah! they just shit them themselves. <laughs> like they just drop. Like there's, they got a, they got a loaf in their pants now and it's completely shocking. <laughs> What's the, reminds me, reminds me of uh, the way that the villains look on fist of the North star after they're about to die. <laughs> Probably have that. I don't, I don't, I'm not following the reference there, bro. It's when, okay. So dude, man, he like, he will like do his martial arts thing and then hit somebody and then like, like, Oh, is that all you got? And he's like, you're already dead. And then they like, they start their body starts like exploding from the inside. And so like they start bubbling up and then they explode the fountains of gore. Uh, talking about like fists of the North star type stuff. Yeah. That's exactly the reference that I didn't follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah. And uh, we get to see different bosses. Like the first boss is Moose, who's a wild man who fights like there's no tomorrow. Watches hands, feet, and weapons. Really, because that really that's really different advice from any other boss fight in any other game. But you know, thanks. And uh, then we get to see Double Trouble with Benny and Clyde, and the warehouse master is basically like Clark Kent, like a big buff dude with glasses, and uh, his name is Rocco. And I don't know much about him, but I have heard his modern life is pretty interesting. Especially when it's a phone sex operator. Life. Oh, yeah, that's great. And uh, there are so many uh, said things that says here, like, before you go back to school, a couple of things that you'd better invest in are a load of karma jolt and a good sauna. So not only are you, like, going to the gym and hitting the sauna – these guys are gaming's first metrosexuals. Either that or they're guidos. <laughs> That's probably more accurate, judging by some of the ROM hacks I've seen for this game. You got to get the onion top uh, upgrade for the final boss. Is there a Jersey Shore mod to this? That'd be amazing. Please tell me there is. Oh my goodness! Just the situation and Snooky. You know, I'm mostly judging by the number of white t-shirts tucked into jeans, but we can continue. <laughs> Jim Tanny Laundry, boy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <sighs> top 30. So, did your favorite game make it to America's top 30? We'll do, the, we'll do the top five here. Number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Leo, Raph, Mike, and Don have come a long way from the sewers to the dizzying heights of first place. Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link in second place. Super Mario Bros. 2 in third place. Ninja Gaiden in fourth place. And Dragon Warrior in fifth place. The whole top ten is actually all classics here, so they're starting to get it. But, Mike, I wanted to point out one of your favorite games in number 12. Can you read to me what number 12 oh, oh, at 2,141 points, Nobunaga's Ambition, <laughs> which is... Which is somehow beating Super Mario Brothers three. <laughs> How the fr- oh my god! Oh, big big number, yeah, you, number porn is somehow beating Super <laughs> Mario Brothers three. Well, it's because Super Mario Brothers three isn't out at this point. How is it even on the list then? I don't know. We we Stop. just read the making of spot, right? I know they're still making it. How the hell is it on the list? Like this, I know the people are dropping balls here over at uh, Nintendo Power. It's all voting based on what you're interested in. It's not based on what's out. I don't Blades know. The fact that 26, did they not play Blades of Steel? <laughs> I don't it, know. Uh, you know. Batman, 
Batman is less than Nobunaga's ambition or bad dudes. Oh my God. Yep. Blades of Steel is number 26, guys. It's way down there. Double, this is Blades of Steel. Double Dragon is lower than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I know. I know. I know there's, there's no point in life in anymore. Who Framed like Roger that. Rabbit is number 22. Are you joking? Oh, Burn. man. May as well throw uh, Fester's Quest up at number one, why don't you? <laughs> Burn it down. It's going to the ground. Oh. Right. Need to move on here. All right. Uh, we have the strategy guide for Tetris. Which, <laughs> interestingly, interestingly enough, they somehow made, rather than uh, rather than just draw it, they've got Tetris blocks, and we've got Howard and Nestor who have been Tetrisized, because we know that one of them has a bow tie, and the other one has like a little spike top like Chrono. Uh, so it's 16 pages. They go over how to play the game, and, uh, you know, Howard and Nestor Tetrads have a cute commentary throughout, you know, where Nestor Tetris guy is uh, saying he knows everything and the Howard guy says, no, you don't. Yeah. It, it, they're using the term Tetrads because, you know, it was the 80s. Political correctness wasn't uh, wasn't in full swing yet. So we call them Tetraminos now because we're more sensitive. But, you know. <laughs> so is Tetrads like a racial slur now? Well, you know, they're, 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 they're products of their time. So you can't be too mad at them. I see. So, I'm, on the four, page four of the strategy guide, it's got this guy that kind of looks like uh, Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Yeah, he's like the Dark Lord of Falling Blocks or something. He says, uh, it's this guy in all black with a gray square head made of Tetris blocks and says, Once I rid the world of those two meddlers, I will indeed be the most popular and powerful Tetris master of all. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think there's a, a Marvel character who's, like, just a big blockhead. Uh, yeah, I think he, like, absorbs people's powers, like a Mazo or something. Uh, this is what he kind of looks like. Or uh, just one of the lamer forms of uh, of the blob and his boy. Mm. Well, if they can get this level of high drama out of Tetris, I just can't wait for him to do a Mahjong. Like, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> a tale that spans centuries. A tale of love, of summer, winter, fall, and the numbers one to six. So, Jesus. <laughs> Howard and Nestor are <laughs> apparently trying to overthrow this king of the Tetris castle. And yeah, what are you doing? Starting shit in foreign lands? You're trying to start an incident? Yeah, apparently. So they're trying to climb the walls, and Tetris pieces are throwing shit at them. Um, and they're, they fall down, they find a way in, and then they go and It looks like they... Trying to skip to the end here. <laughs> they, they end up beating the, the lame-ass blob Tetris master. Oh, very good. Oh, he has a and he goes, my oh my, for a couple of squares, you trads really know your way around. And uh, apparently Nestor has finally scored a victory, even if it's with Howard. And he's like going, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. All right. So so, which is pretty lame. And then the next page... <laughs> We finally continue. We finally finish the thought of the River City Ransom, where we get to see map coverage for all the uh, levels, which oh, is pretty neat. Do you guys, not have the uh, Game Boy insert? That'd be a no. Uh, yeah. That would be next, uh, right after the Dino Wars poster, which has uh, like 
dino bot slash bumblebee slash fiction going on here. And then the next one, ta- and then the next page talks about the Game Boy, talking about Golf, Boxel, and Quirk and Solar Striker. Is that what you're talking about, Ben? Or do you have? Yeah, I, must, uh, I must have torn out the uh, poster as a child. Yep. And now we see uh, Mario, <laughs> and even on the same page, they can't keep the consistency right with his hair, because he has black hair in one, and then brown hair. In the very same level banner. So well, his clothes are different colors, too. Yeah, and he's holding a different golf club. So, like... Nintendo inconsistencies. That's that's just how it goes. <laughs> like, how many uh, pieces of art do we have of Mario swinging a golf club? Well, we've only got two. Which one should we use? Uh, use them both. The ones that don't look the same. Right. Like, I would imagine there's, there's this office computer they type all this on, and they've just imported all these random Mario images into, like, some fucking clip art gallery. So they're just, like, dragging and dropping everything that comes up under Mario onto the page. Well, it's a sad thing. I'm sure this is all done manually back in the day, so they had to actually stick it on a big, like, piece of paper and then, <laughs> and then like, put over and print it. Oh, man, that's even worse. I know. So you have to go over golf, which they don't even call Mario Golf, but it may as well be because Mario's in it. And that, I'm sure, is an extremely slow game. They've got Boxel, which is a puzzle game where you had to move boxes around. And these, this would be the equivalent of like a small like free app these days rather than paying $30, $40 for a new game. They have Quirk, a hip tomato with shades and a sense of adventure must work out the many mysteries of an underground maze to find Tammy, his troubled tomato friend. And that guy looks nothing like a tomato. It (laughs) it sounds like Box and Quirk are the exact same game. It may as well be. Uh, Box looks like a ninja, and Quirk apparently is a tomato. And uh, next is Solar Striker. I really can't make out much of what's going on here. Uh, looks to be like a lame 1943, 1942 type game, but without the, uh, the resolution capability for a background. Yeah, it's a, it's That's a why it's in space. Shooter, yeah. There you go. And uh, then Bugs Bunny yeah. is an upcoming game. Asmic World, which I'd never heard of, and Selection, which is just like a shitty name for a game. And we don't even get to see gameplay. We get to see like a cutscene, a screenshot of a wise magician offers help, which is just someone all wrapped up in shades, uh, rags and stuff. Looks more like a ninja. Yeah, it, looks, it should be a ninja guiding game, but we'll have to see what this one delivers later. Yeah, it's like a very cropped version of a screen cap. <laughs> it's not even worth putting well, in the magazine, pretty much. Oh, but there is more to come. Before the year is over, we may see upwards of 40 titles. And at the very bottom, a Spider-Man game from LJN. We'll keep you posted. Ooh. Oh. How about you don't? <laughs> Succinctly made. Take my money and flush it down the toilet. Okay, and next is the preview. Start the new year with these previews of four hot new games. And the first one on the docket is Super Mario 3. So, speaking of Super Mario Brothers 3, did anybody, uh, and any of you guys ever seen The Wizard? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was my first introduction to Super Mario Brothers 3. 
Okay, I'm not the only one then. All right, awesome. <laughs> what what pissed me off when I got the game was, well, where's the part where you get to see like the four knights riding on horses and like uh, doing a race or something? No idea that that was just like some weird thing that they used to gauge uh, players' progress in the tournament. I thought that it was part of the game. And I was kind of disappointed. It's just like, where's the knights? And, uh, like, it just made me wonder, like, why were they giving hints in the audience if this game hasn't been released or talked about? How the hell does little uh, Kevin McAllister or whatever... No, uh, uh, what was his name in the Wonder Years? Well, I mean, it's Fred Savage, but he's not the kid that's playing. It's his younger brother. Yeah, but Fred Savage is the one saying, like, uh, uh, use the block, get the whistle. And I'm like... What? There's like, how would he know about this? Like, where? Like, if no one else was warned about this, how does he know it? He's got the inside information, man. He's 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 a he's I don't know. He's a power player. He's that's why. He's he's a wizard. That's right. Wizard did it. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Ben, tell us about the amazing, beautiful Super Mario Brothers three. Um, you really want me to go over Super Mario Brothers three? Sure. It's uh... <laughs> well, I've only got one comment on it, but. Uh... It's an amazing so, game. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it's yeah. an evolutionary leap over Super Mario Brothers 2, in my opinion. And um, it's got, Mario can basically get different powers by getting different uh, power-ups. Um, like, like we talked about, if he gets a feather, he can become Raccoon Mario, which allows him to fly, which, of course, raccoons can't fly. But then there's, I know, like, the feather, like, you right? think it would turn him into a bird, but or at least, like, an Indian, but yeah. no... Although that, that would be great to see what Indian Mario could do. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that wouldn't be racist at all. <laughs> no, he can send smoke signals or contract smallpox. He can rain dance. He's stuck in tent and called himself a macaroni. All right, let's just move on. That would be great if he did. Oh, it would be hilariously racist if like, he does like a little rain dance to like put out the desert sun. And then he can like flood an area and like swim across it. Well, I just got really complex really fast. Like, I don't know. It'd be useful. It sounds like a great game mechanic, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use, using Justifying racism. There you go. Uh, yeah. I like the comment here with Mario and his uh, cute little raccoon tail. And it says, At first, each area seems difficult. With practice, you will conquer them all. Another of Super Mario Bros. 3's strong points is the great play control, which makes possible some amazing moves. By, by proclaiming this to be good play control, you're kind of admitting that previous games have the same play control as having cerebral palsy on a skating rink. <laughs> I don't know if they're comparing it to previous Mario games. I think they're comparing it to other games out Games, there. period. You're like Adventure Island. Of course, like Mr. Higgins did have his own mental, uh, his own mental uh, <laughs> adversities to deal with. Yeah, they could have extended to physical, the physical realm. You don't know. It may just be mental. Play controls are so good, guys. We can now swim in this one. See, it's right there. It's one of the new ways to move an attack. We can swim. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, we get to see other attacks like the stomp, which is basically you just landing on an opponent. It's not like you're actually, like, trying to stop. And and the kick, which, again, is just walking to a thing and, like, brushing up against it. Only, like, half of these are actual moves, like throwing the hammer, swatting with your tail, or shooting a fireball. Yeah, and kicking was already in there. Ducking's new, though, right? Well, I guess not. Yeah. Uh, I think the duck is. Uh, uh, I don't know about the slide. That doesn't feel like that should be new. The duck- jump definitely isn't new. Like, yeah. the core concept of every... New ways. <laughs> or walking and running. 
walk. Now you can walk, run, and jump all in one Mario game. <laughs> and warp uh, is not new either, technically. And no, warp isn't a move. It's a thing you <laughs> can accomplish with the whistle, but. Well, it says new ways to move, so. Uh, yeah, but are they talking like tactically or, uh, you know, like in like your own location thing? Like slide. Okay, cool. Who knows? I don't know. So, I, I see they have the uh, the matching game featured on the left over here uh, for Toad's House. What, how do you guys feel about the matching game? Fuck the matching game. <laughs> the, the, that one, the spade one, like the slots one I never cared for. Like So the one where you got to match the three layers. I, don't, I like the card one, though, where yeah, it's like a memory game. Yeah, it's something you can actually do. Like control. Uh, have you seen the uh, the uh, Super Mario Brothers three rap by Dwayne and Brando? Can't I have. Not. They take all the footage on the mute. They take all the music from this game, and they even have Brento Floss as uh, Toad. I have to check it out. Oh uh, yeah, like the music it even has like it has like Toad's music like doom 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 doom, and he like shows up and he's like the name's Toad. You can call me Toad. You're up in my house now. I'm a little humble abode. Don't got no guest bed, guest room, not even a guest chair, no bathroom, just a free wooden chest there. It's uh, pretty cool. It's pretty slick. Oh yeah, uh, my favorite line that he does. As he goes like, in this kingdom I'm largely ignored, but you see I got more cribs than a maternity ward. Damn. <laughs> so, anything else for Super Mario Brothers 3? Yeah, I think we're done on this. Uh, you guys got any comments? No. Save, um, saving them for the coverage? I've never actually beaten Super Mario 3. What? Oh, you should. It's kind of good. I guess. I, mean, I, have it on, I have it in a box somewhere. I just yeah. never really felt compelled to. I, mean, I was always more of an RPG player, so. Well, you could watch a uh, you can watch a YouTube video. You can watch a speed run of it. Then it'll probably be done in like seventeen minutes. Yeah, probably. All right, let's move on to Barai Fighter, which is interesting. It's like a floating uh, spaceman with a jetpack and a laser gun, which we've seen several times over. And the most interesting thing thing I can find out about this is that it looks like in the screenshots of the game. The space person is not wearing pants. Um, it's the ease of movement. He's got a he's got a little speedo on. <laughs> Have you guys ever played the game Jackal? Yeah, this kind of plays halfway between like Jackal and then like uh, like a like a space shooter, like on rails kind of thing. Like it's like a halfway kind of thing where you can like, you have four ways of moving, but like the attacks are kind of circular and like big AOE things more like a, like a space. shooter. Yes. It's, it's really weird to play. Um, it's kind of hard. Like I played for like five minutes. It was like, fuck it. I'm out. Yeah. It does not look good. Like I'll be honest. Yeah. And, uh, the next game is like a stat ass, Daniex or something. Uh, it looks like it's got great graphics in the cutscenes. Uh, you can't really make out much of what's going on. Um, uh, this is a uh, like a side-scrolling adventure game. Um, you have like a like your primary weapons like an axe, but you can also get like a spear and a sword. Like like a pickup. Uh, like think of it as like an early sort of like a ghosts and goblins type play where you're moving and you're you're enemies uh 
there is a slight story there. Um, this is a game I own. It is it is kind of challenging where some of the enemies are kind of tough. Like your reach on your weapon is kind of not great. While um, you have a lot, you start running into more and more enemies that have like ranged attacks, and you don't really have a whole lot of mobility. So, I mean, it's a fun game. Um, it looks cool, but uh, as far as how it plays, is kind of kind of shitty. So, I like the enemy names here. It's good they have Blackthorn the Wizard. Then there's uh, Princess Rosebud, and then uh, my favorite is Thorn Dog. She's a she's a sled. What? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm making Citizen Kane references on the Nintendo Power podcast. I apologize. Moving on. We're playing with classic movies. The good news okay. is, to beat the game. You do get to write her. So sweet, um, nice. Get to take her downhill. <laughs> uh, no. Um, yep. The cool thing. The name. This is actually the the, the name from. Uh, it is. Oh shit. The guy from Troy, Hector of Troy. What's his name? Yeah. Yes, his his son, like the mythological, like myth, like the, the what's that book? All right, never mind. Achilles, the Odyssey, the Odyssey. All right, so it's Hector's son from the Odyssey. Is has this name? I remember that. That's a thing. Ostuniacs or whatever. Wasn't that? Wasn't he supposed to be like the father of the Minotaur or something? Oh, man, you're really testing my knowledge. I had one little bit of information. You're really stretching it now. Like we're over, we're overextended. We're overextended. I'm, I'm just <laughs> guessing. So, somebody's kid was a, was put in a labyrinth and became a minotaur. No, that was uh, that's another guy entirely. The facade of knowledge has just been shattered. <laughs> I like the I like the power ups here for like instead of a fairy, she's called the cutie. And how- <laughs> the best one is one up, and the description is this will give Astonax an extra life. Really, well, Nintendo Power? I think you've. Uh, I, th- I think we've. I think we're up to speed on what a one up is. Tell me what I an don't... RPG is again. <laughs> well, you see, an RPG is. <laughs> no. Thanks, Mister Wizard. All right. Okay. So next, next up, we got is... Dino Wars, which looks exactly like Godzilla. The game should have looked. Oh man! But all right. So you sound you shout on Godzilla so much. I had so much fun with Godzilla as a kid, man. <laughs> Did you have fun with this? Because it looks like it's the same game. I never had this one. I'm sorry. Well, if you played Godzilla, you probably played this. Yeah, no, this this looks like it plays a lot, like halfway between Godzilla and like Rampage. Anybody remember Rampage? It looks like Mech Warrior. Yeah, I'm straight from, from the Rampage. Yeah, from the uh, console, it's got like a first person view of inside the uh, the console where it looks like Mech Warrior, but with dragons. Which I would actually been. play that. Yeah. So would I, man. Friggin' tail swipe, chomp, breathe fire. So you're so you're looking for uh like a like a Power Rangers game where you only play in the Zords, dude. If, is there such a game? I don't. think It's so. not. We're making it now. Yeah, All right, Kickstarter that right. shit. Why wouldn't we just make a Zoids game then? Why would we go for Power Rangers? Because Zoids kind of lost favor. Power Rangers is a classic. Is it though? It's. I think it has endures more than Voltron did. Oh, definitely more than Voltron. Well, I think some of the robots in Zoids look cooler. And uh, the next comic is Howard and Nestor, where they co- where they talk about Dragon Warrior. And uh, basically, Nestor has found an X on the ground, or he painted it. And I think it's a paintbrush in his hand. And he tries to shovel it. It's not working. And then a mysterious figure in a bow tie says, Have you tried going out the back door and walking around the edge of the castle? There's an entrance there. 
Uh, but Nestor ain't having it. He decides to get dynamite, uh, become a wizard, forsaking the life of the warrior entirely, and still uh, to no effect. And then he ends up taking on the path of an engineer and just builds this drilling machine. And Howard is just like, I guess some people just need to make a grand entrance. And uh, the comic is about as funny as what I just described it as. Uh, next is Counselor's Corner. Ben, do your thing. All right. Let's talk about the gameplay counselor profiles. <laughs> so first off, we've got uh, Derek Whipple, which is an amazing name first off. If that, if that guy doesn't own a white van, then I don't know who would. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's definitely got the, uh, the van with the free candy in it. Uh, and to double down on the grossness, this guy has a big old dad helmet head. And, and with that, with the squinty eyes and everything, he kind of looks like a young Stephen King. Yeah, squinty eyes, the big old eighties uh, glasses on. And, and if and, and if we didn't think that this guy was shady and untrustworthy already, his favorite NES game, Nobu- son of a bitch, no, no, Bunaka's ambition. Just to let you know that this guy is completely wrong in his existence. <laughs> Highest game score. Finished Nobunaga's ambition. Yeah. All right. Uh, you, you don't get points in Nobunaga's ambition? It's a freaking numbers game, isn't it? You're telling me all those numbers and none of them are points? <laughs> I think it's wrong <laughs> about beating it then, to be honest. Yeah. Next, be- is, uh, <laughs> next is John Hamaker, and I guess he's uh, broken up with his buddy Schlemmer. Uh, uh, from- <laughs> this dude plays jazz tuba. Just look at him. He plays jazz tuba. I can see it. <laughs> his favorite NES game is Ninja Gaiden and uh, next is Jeff Hazard and I just got to say with that name I, I got to respect that name it's a good name well, he's Where's, got the mullet to match so. well, he's got some cousins that uh, are famous on television but he had to settle for a magazine job I know I, 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 liked, his, uh, I liked his son Matt's game Matt Hazard which one Bed Bath & Beyond Oh, yeah, I remember Matt Hazard. Yeah, it was a great game. I love the spin that it had on every uh, every genre, even where the even the RPG level, where you had to fight like... Fantasy. Oh, yeah, the Final Fantasy level. Uh, uh, you got any comments on Greg Olson? <laughs> well, hold on. Jeff Hazard, it's not just a, it's not just a mullet. He actually has the exact uh, hair that Link has. It's like the imbalanced mullet. It's a party in the front and in the back. It looks like he normally wears a ponytail, but it like undid it for this photo. <laughs> and, and didn't follow through with brushing it aside. No, not at all. And then Greg Olson, he just looks like a aged um, sound engineer from the 60s. Doesn't he look like Mark Discordy as dad? God, you're right. He does. He Maybe it's... Guaranteed. This is where it began. <laughs> he's got a mu- big old mustache, and he's got a helmet hair, uh, where he he basically walks into supercuts once every four months and just says every every, re- every blood moon he walks into a supercut. <laughs> <laughs> blood moon. <laughs> it's just like he wears his like motorcycle helmet or whatever, and just like all right, cut around it. <laughs> just trim away the escaping follicles, and there we go. Okay. 
and uh, uh, takes us to classified information. The first tip I have to say is pretty good to know. I've been trying to figure out how to do this every time I played Mega Man, but I like I someone explained like only half of it, and it was getting the birds instead of the stars when you select a a boss level. And it turns out you just hold the A and B buttons and then press the start button. And the stars will turn into bird-like creatures which inhabit many of the stages. It's a cool little thing. Yep. And uh, next, I think this is like the first instance of God mode uh, with in, in, Invincible Icarus. And you just... Uh, and put the words Icarus fights Medusa angels and the points will be phenomenal too which means you get all the points take little to no damage and you will receive the best ending with this code so yeah god mode I like how it also gives you the best ending like it's like if you're not playing the game without this you're not actually playing the game for real <laughs> and we get to see the first Game Boy game I believe uh, the coin collection for Super Mario Land where you get to find the coins that are all uh, that spell out the word Mario, and uh, I think that's all the stuff I want to cover. Were there any tips or classified information you guys found exciting? Uh, except from any help that you can give anybody on Godzilla is appre- uh, appreciated. Except they choose not to. They choose to. If the game wasn't hard enough for you to figure out as it is, you can input codes to make it more complicated. Good times. Well, luckily, one of those codes is just getting to the ending. <laughs> Start to end. Boom! You can see the game from the... You get to see the end of the game at the very beginning. Where apparently he's standing over the body of his... What was his, his cooperative friend, Mothra? I thought you were supposed to be able to control Mothra as well as Godzilla. You can. And, uh... Next up, we've got new games now available. Winter... Uh, and uh, Billy Blitz has some competition in the name game. The game Infiltrator. Here's the description. Captain Johnny Jimbo Baby McGibbets, a.k.a. the Infiltrator. <laughs> McGibbets. This How many names? Two nicknames and his last name is McGibbets. Like, that they, sounds- they didn't call him the Gibbler? Come on. McDonald's has come out with their very own brand of testicles. They're called the McGibbets. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the McDonald's version of Mountain Oysters. Yeah, McGibbets. <laughs> you know, four, eight, and a 12, and they also come with special Cajun dipping sauce. I know, and friggin', friggin', we, everyone in Louisiana loses their shit every three years when they bring back the McGib. No, no. They, they follow it around on tour. He flies. His helicopter is called a Whizbang Enterprises Gizmo. <laughs> Three. What the literal fuck is happening? <laughs> and the, and you think like, oh, this is gonna be a really stupid studio, but no, they're called Gray Matter. Uh, so this was designed by people who were who prided themselves on their intelligence to create a game that gets about three to four in graphic sound play control challenge and theme and fun. No. Oh my god. And one thing that uh, Ben skipped over was the new games now available. For some reason we're treated to a view in the Arctic Circle where someone is outside hooked up there. It looks like they hooked up a bible to a fucking detonator. But I, I, I guess this is supposed to be the the Nintendo and the controller, and they got a nice big a nice big cube. Like, why are you playing your game outside? Everyone knows that sun glare 
is awful, and sun glare is even especially worse when you're surrounded by white. Uh, tell me, uh, somebody tell me about the chess master. I need to catch my breath from all the laughing. The chess I'm not a chess master. Chess master. I mean, if you ever if you played one, like it's kind of hard to mess up a chess game. Like it's a chess. I mean, yeah. Okay, it's chess games. So the next game is short order explode. Explode. It would be nice if they had like a sound clip of uh, Vincent Price as Egghead doing that, but short order. What the hell is this? This just looks like a rip off of Burger Time. Yeah, you're making a freaking burger. Yeah, you're making a burger. Yeah, come on. This they need to sue. Yeah, this is a power pack game apparently. So you gotta stomp on things to line up the burger in the right order. Is that the deal? It sounds like it's like a rhythm game too, because this every pad you hit, you get a tune, and then it adds something to the burger. Ugh. Oh, so yeah. it's musical. It's <laughs> it's musical burgers. Oh, I love the name of the burgers here. Do they have one called a sewer burger? It's got a rat <laughs> picture. Mike, it's at Oregon apparently. Michelangelo would love that. <laughs> a sewer burger is what you make after you eat the regular burger. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess we'll take this. Will take us to video shorts. Uh, the first game up is Archon, which is apparently chess, but replacing it with uh, Dungeons and Dragons type figures like wizards, knights, goblins, golems, trolls, blah blah blah. Uh, it sounds much more interesting than Chessmaster. Yes, because it actually has a theme to get to hold your attention rather than being the same old shit. And next is All Pro Basketball. Uh, okay. Road Blasters. <laughs> uh, cars and uh, you're fighting like a, a jet wing helicopter thing or something. Okay. Either that or Spy Hunter, basically. That's what it looks like. Yep. And uh, because we haven't had enough of number games. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we have Genghis Khan. It looks is like spring Vegas. in the... <laughs> For the makers oh. of Nobunaga's ambition, Koei. Oh. oh boy, more more Asian number games. Thanks for conforming to stereotypes. Oh. And then we get Cybernoid. I uh, can't really see much from the screenshot. We got Dig Dug, which looks horrible to look at. Yeah, why? It looks worse than Dig Dug. Why would Dig Dug Two look worse than Dig Dug? Oh, so many. Maybe uh, it's well. And then we got Twin Cobra and Championship Bowling. Again, these games are a little hard to look at. And then it tells us in the uh, Ness Achievers how to take a picture, how to capture your achievement. Don't use a flash, adjust the height. The camera should be about a yard from the TV and turn out the lights. And then the Ness Journal yeah, that makes where, is like, um, what if you're, uh, <laughs> there's like a specific fetish of people then like take pictures of like products to sell on like eBay or some shit where they're like naked in the reflection of something. So, <laughs> me wonder if Nintendo power got like pictures of like, Oh, let's see this guy's score. And there's like a reflection of the dude, like taking the picture and he's just like, score. <laughs> then I'm just like these poor people taking these pictures in going, Oh, we got another one. Howard Phillips is just like, this is such a good score, but I can't get this guy's dingus out of the glare. (laughs) Oh, it's been ruined. (laughs) He's a real power player, this guy. Oh, yes. We get to see the the player. We get to see the player's polls winner of the Nintendo tour. Uh, Ben, did you get a chance to read this article? 
I did not, but there's a picture oh, crap. of Howard Phillips in here. And, uh, yeah, they got the tour in the head of America in Redmond, uh, Redmond, Washington, basically. It just talks about how they start the day with breakfast, and they talk with Howard all day, and he showed off his huh. skills and knowledge about, about uh, video games. So they got to play some future games, including Super Mario Bros. 3, Super Spike V-Ball, Bat- Batman and River City Ransom. And then they talked to the gameplay counselors, and that was it. <laughs> they get to listen in on calls. Oh, boy. Yeah, and then uh, they got to – the more exciting stuff was they got to see Seattle, basically. And they got to the Space Needle and go to uh, – let's see here. Seattle Seahawks versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, and then we see, like, short takes. <laughs> Captain Nintendo wants you to give him a call. And his own 900 line, a two-minute call cost only $1.50. Each message was exchanged weekly. You'll hear the hottest game tips on some of the hottest games available. Oh, my gosh. Above that, the Super Dodgeball World Cup finals, it bothers me how they were doing the setup. Like, instead of, like, you know, actually doing a tournament, having everybody play each other, like, for some reason they're having them see how many... uh, uh, CPU teams they can beat in 10 minutes and then they get to qualify for the versus each other? Like, that's not fair. Come on. Yeah, why can't they just do it tournament style? It would have been faster, too. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> we get to see in your future, local NES repair service. Currently, if you have a, f- a problem with your NES, even after using the NES cleaning kit on it, the only way to get it repaired is to send it to Nintendo headquarters in Redmond, Washington. Or if you're a Viking mom from Wisconsin, then you can just take a screwdriver and bend it out, you know. That's right. Good throwback there. And the next hey, yeah. the review of the, or is this an advertisement for the Nintendo World Championships 1990? Uh, so it talks about the championships and how to participate and then when, when they're actually having, um, oh, they had a huge typo here. The NWC will be held in over 30 major U.S. Cities, including the following. <laughs> oh boy, cities. <laughs> intense in, intensity, intensities. Yeah, so you have like uh, what Texas, Ohio, Philadelphia, Michigan, uh, Philadelphia again, Indiana, <laughs> Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Sorry, I couldn't think of it again. That's cool. Oh, that's sad. The last one was at the World Trade Convention Center. Yeah, but it was in Boston, not the World Trade Center. Oh, totally different then. Never mind. Yep. And uh, next is the celebrity profile. It's Pat. No, it's not. It's Stephen First, who just happens to be doing a great Pat impression. Really? Am I the only one that saw Saturday Night Live? Yeah. I I thought that was a mad TV skit. No, no, it's Pat was like Saturday Night Live's first uh, movie uh, based on like the guy that's like, man, you feel so sexy. You don't know it's like it's a guy or a girl because they're just androgynous. And, uh, now, now that I've Googled it, I know what you're talking about. I know. I, I actually enjoyed that movie more than I should. Yeah. Have. It's so bad. It's good. Yeah, so now we got Stephen First. I don't know who this guy is. His big screen debut came as the feeble freshman flounder in the comedy classic Animal House. 
I want to say it's like Party of Five. Is that him? Is he Party of Five, maybe? Something like that? Well, that wouldn't have been out at the time. All we have is now, he's now in the syndicated series Have Faith. No, he's in Babylon 5. Ugh. He's like, my kids and I really like Double Dragon a lot. He looks like this, and he has kids. He looks like a televangelist in the bottom of the screen, and he's got kids. Oh, my gosh. Well, somebody will fuck anything, Sam. <laughs> yeah, so. Ugh. And then the next is Packlot. What was that? I was asking Nick if he's the mother of this guy's children. <laughs> you know... I saw I got uh, I got into witness protection because he there was some domestic abuse problems and I don't really like to go back and think about that anymore. So you know, <laughs> thanks for bringing it up, Brett. <laughs> You're welcome, brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he brought he, he brought new meaning to the term Bible thumping. Oh wow! <laughs> I was on my knees for a first sack of oranges. Leaves no bruises. It wasn't. He's not just in the witness protection. He's like in the gender witness exchange program. Well, he's yeah, in so, trans, so transgender deep. witness protection. That's right. <laughs> wow, we just just stop all over that. That's fine. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and uh, coming in the home stretch is Pack Watch, a look into the future of Nest Game Packs, uh, Super Contra, which strangely enough isn't for the Super NES. So again, great confusion. Yeah. But uh, it's a Contra game. Like, you like Contra, you're going to like this game. It looks pretty neat. It's Contra 2. It's Contra and 2. It, and then at the bottom, we have these, again, these more fucking doodles that have make no sense. Like, one is like a, a like a little wacky, wavy arm inflatable man with a balloon. And he's got like this flustered look on his face. Like, I don't know. Like, don't look at me. I don't work here. And, and he's talking about uh, Heavy Barrel, the Akari Warriors type game. And and then Alien Asylum, but next is this big finger glove, and uh, he's talking about LJN, and immediately I'm thinking that he should be talking from the middle finger, just so that we all know what we're getting. (laughs) But he's telling us about Nightmare on Elm Street, so four friends can take on Freddy, and LJN also has more movie adaptations, including Beetlejuice. Oh, there it is. Oh. Oh, yeah, we got that to look forward to. I feel like it, the face it's making is like anytime you hear LJN, that's that's your, your reaction right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's ready to give you a prostate exam. Lovely. Oh, wow. Uh, talk about your uh, your game up here, Mike, that you confused for Ninja Gaiden so many times. Rap yeah. Manta. Yeah, and look at the size of this son of a bitch that you have to fight. How are we going to beat him? Well, he's a first level boss, so I guess it won't be that hard. And uh, at the bottom is remote control. Oh, my fuck. I can't even look at these screenshots. They're, oh, my God. Save my eyes from this pastel nightmare. <laughs> yeah, remote control Remote control the game. Still TV. I don't even know what that means. These uh, smiling, well-scrubbed lads from down under have something so strong that you won't dream it's over. Uh, crowded house, men at work, mental as anything. It has to be men at work because yeah, under's Australian. Yeah, they're down under, but I didn't think that they'd come up with like, hey, now don't dream it's over. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar at all. It wasn't. It wasn't by them. I don't know who Crowded House or Mental as anything is. Yeah, maybe it was one of the maybe one of those is a Australian band. Yeah, but like it wasn't. Yeah, it couldn't have been an Australian band. They said it because they didn't sound Australian. Mm-hmm. 
They weren't like, hi now, hi now, don't dream it's over. No, they sounded the sound Australian. <laughs> Be from Australia. <laughs> Hugh Jackman doesn't come on to Wolverine saying, Oi, Governor, I've got I've got claws. <laughs> you spent time on in the bar, England then. and you can't tell Australian from French. <laughs> No, yeah. It's just a prison colony, right? Fuck <laughs> oh, Crocky, I'm the Wolverine. I'm going to stick me finger up your bum. <laughs> Crocodile just been now. Snick ya, bubba. Wow. We're all terrible human beings, and we should be proud of ourselves. <laughs> and uh, then we talk about other games like Snake, Rattle, and Roll, The Adventures of Lolo 2, and The Wall Street Kid. Oh, you'd love you know, that one. Oh, like, we, we already played the Wall Street Kid the first time. It was DuckTales, okay? We already know about greed and the <laughs> abuse of lesser people for our greater profit. But you're telling me you don't want to start out with 500000 just virtual dollars and play a game in which you get to try and make more virtual dollars than which you can't turn into real dollars? I, I like I like the fact that you're basically given the Trump advantage where you're just, instead of earning this money from scratch, like getting a paper route and shit, you're given half a million dollars. All right. Now be successful. Uh, how about I don't waste any of it and I just spend it wisely? You know what? I think I've played this game already. I think I played it on a calculator in high school. I think it was called Drug Wars, though. So I don't know. <laughs> nice. I, should I, I think I played this on my iPad. It was called Mafia Wars. Same game. Uh, and then we and uh, we get to see in the gossip column a duck who again needs a rocket pack because I don't know. I guess he's fat or stupid. He doesn't know he gets a bird and he can freaking fly. He's telling us about heavy shredding. Maybe and, he's uh, a weightless duck. Uh, and then Maybe we see an awesome like a uh, cheese game or like lettuce at the subway where he's working. That's awfully ableist of you just to assume that he can do what other ducks can do. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, then I've got uh, Gossip Galore at the end here from Mad Max, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Snake's Revenge and Mission Impossible Rocket Ranger Nez Play Action Football and that pretty much gets us to the end of the issue, they talk about the back issues and uh, finally the Players Players Poll which is one of my favorite parts of the magazine of course, as usual, in third place, we have 50 third place winners for a fabulous Nintendo Power jersey, a spiffy addition to your wardrobe. And look at how spiffy Howard is. He's happy as a friggin' clam. <laughs> may or may not be worn by Howard Phillips. <laughs> and then you have... If, if, it sm- if, it, if the armpits smell like sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, you got the Howard shirt. There you go. And it's uh, 15 second prizes. Many Smash NES games are based on blockbuster motion pictures. Second place. It, was, was, Sma- was Smash an adjective in the 80s and I just didn't know about it? Was it an American thing? Because I didn't pick it up here in Canada. I, mean, I think it's a British uh, thing. Smashing. That's, yeah, but smashing, that's like an adverb. This is like an adjective. Well, I've heard of smash hit. Yeah. Smash. Just seems right. out of place. So the grand prize winner just gets to see oh. him. But the second prizers, they get a movie and a game. I yeah. think the grand prize winner got gypped. <laughs> grand prize was exclu- exclusive showing of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So this is this the first one? 
a game pack and like they've got like Friday the thirteenth, which you know, like if you're like an, an eight year old or something, you should not be you should not be given Friday the thirteenth. Or, or, or platoon. Or platoon. Or Platoon's on that list. Predator. Oh, Rambo. Platoon's on that list. Superman. The Three Stooges, they did not have a movie. Sophie's they? Choice the Game, no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I thought the first part of the game. No. <laughs> Psycho the game? Sweet. Right. Oh. So we get to see the TMNT movie. That's kind of pretty cool. Yeah. Except- it is one of those like once in a lifetime experience type deals. So. It's, yeah, it's not Ninja Turtles 2. So, you know, you get to see them actually use their weapons. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would rather have like a permanent thing like give me a game and a movie okay okay i'll give you the three stooges because i'm more likely i'm more likely to convince my parents to take me to go see the ninja turtle movie when it comes out than it buy me a, a brand new vhs and nintendo game this is like, an exclusive viewing so who knows who you get to see it with maybe you get to see it with people that were in the movie i mean as a person that hates other people i'd rather see it by myself i would be much more excited <laughs> if they give me the theater myself now, who the hell are these assholes? We were the guys in the suits. Really? Because you sure don't look like the turtles. Well, that's because they were suits. And you know what that makes you? Nobody to me. <laughs> well, that wraps up this uh, issue of uh, Nintendo Power. We get to see the superpower seal of approval that uh, we need to make sure is on certain items. As, and uh, make sure that they don't show up like a gauntlet from Tengen who managed to, to make a bunch of unlicensed games until they eventually got sued into oblivion. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, oh, Brent, yeah. thanks for coming on to our show. Um, how can our listeners find you guys? All right. Uh, first off, you can just find us on iTunes. It's the RPG Show. Look for it. We're there. Um, you can go to our website, therpgshow.com. We got forums and stuff there. Um, Twitter, the RPG podcast, blah, 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 blah. Anything I missed, Nick? Got anything? Nothing that about sums it up. Yeah, that's, that's where you can find us. We talk about, uh, RPGs, mostly older RPGs. Um, I think we will be doing one new one this year. Um, but we have our Final Fantasy Seven review coming out soonish. I don't know if it'll be before or after this comes out, but it's there. Look for it. It's great. It's fantastic. Good times. It'll probably be out before this goes out. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, we we got a bit of a buffer going on. Yeah, that's that's the way you want to be. That's the way we do our tabletop show. So, All right. that's well, Mike, where can our listeners find us in between shows? Well, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Facebook. You can also find us on Stitcher. I believe you got the Google uh, Store, or was it Google Play, Google Music? Yes, I don't think they haven't launched it yet, but we are out there whenever. Yep. And if you, uh, and if you're like someone's dad and you have a uh, BlackBerry, you can also find us on the Nobex Radio app. Wow! And uh, did I get everything? Get the Power eighty eight, and on- right, you can find us on Twitter at Get the Power eighty eight. You can uh, leave comments, questions, follow the show, get updates on when we uh, when we launch a new episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes. You can find Mike if you want to. Mike King from Ontario, Canada, not the one from Australia. 
Yep. <laughs> He's got it. Oh, yes. I also host the uh, Technobabble podcast on the Geek Fallout Productions Network. We talk about uh, amazing technology, upcoming uh, devices, and uh, medical breakthroughs, uh, scientific advancements, basically anything that's cool, interesting, and uh, worthy of knowing. We talk about it on the show. It's Geek Fallout Productions. You can find just type that into Facebook or the iTunes. It's uh, several shows on one feed, and I'm on the Technobabble one. The, you can uh, listen to the other ones if you got the time. The Bluetooth, uh, I just will mention, the Bluetooth pregnancy test was pretty hilarious, that episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can talk about other things than games. <laughs> <laughs> you can. All right. Well, that concludes our episode. Thanks again, Nick and Brent, for coming on. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're 